This is the Jeff Merrick Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. And hello once again. Welcome to the uh, Friday, January 26th edition of the program here as we wrap up another week and get uh, all excited and look forward to another weekend of hockey, one that will not include Brendan Gallagher. Then we'll talk plenty about the hit on Adam Pallock last night in the uh, in the return to Montreal for Patrick Waugh night in Montreal. Like that was, we'll get into more of this with uh, Elliot Friedman here in a couple of moments. Also, Andy Strickland is aboard, Brian Boyle, and from PWHL Montreal, Aaron Ambrose. There's your show. Um, a lot of last night revolved around Patrick Waugh, obviously. A lot of things that happened last night that we'll get into. Some things we'll look forward to this evening. But last night going into it was all about Patrick Waugh. And then coming out of the game, it all turned into everything about Brendan Gallagher. And I want to go over some of the specifics about some of the terminology when it comes to suspensions. Just things to keep in mind, things to keep in your hip pocket when you hear things like the term repeat offender or significant history. Okay, we'll get there. In the meantime, uh, I've been saying this for years, years and years and years. There are two places where they do ceremonies well. One is Buckingham Palace, and the other is the Bell Centre. And we saw that yesterday with the return of Patrick Waugh. Now, I don't know what was more touching, the video tribute over the national anthem. And man, did Patrick have a hard time holding it together, eh? Okay, get to the fist bumps with the assistants. Fist bumps with the assistants. Let's go. Or the standing ovation by the fans. And I'm going to default this one to the fans because after the video montage and the anthem was over, I mean, everybody stood as a big salute and big thank you and a big welcome back to Patrick Waugh. And yes, we were all thinking the exact same thing. I was thinking the exact same thing that you were thinking, uh, that everybody watching that game, whether you were there at the Bell Center or watching on your TV, your tablet, whatever, we're all thinking the same thing. Can you imagine what it would have been like if he was behind the Montreal bench and not the New York Islanders bench? So that was wonderful. That was a great, really, you know, really wonderful emotional moment for Patrick Waugh and everyone in attendance uh, and everybody watching. Now, coming out of the game was all about the Brendan Gallagher hits. Um, I know the knee jerk on this one when you see it because it's a really bad hit. Like there's, there's no way to stick handle this one or finesse this one or polish this one or kind of say, well, yeah, but one thing you have to consider about this hit is it's a bad hit. And I think a lot of us looked at it and said, okay, that's got to be a, like, that's a double-digit hit, right? First of all, you're concerned for Adam Pallack, who's just coming off a concussion as well, and you saw him on the ice, and then you saw him get let off the ice, and you're saying to yourself, this is ungood. This man is in distress, and he doesn't need this. He's just come back from this injury. Um, and then the attention turns to Brendan Gallagher, and he gets the five in the game, and he's let off the ice, and we wonder what is going to happen. And then news this morning from the NHL's Department of Player Safety that the hearing that Brendan Gallagher will have is a phone hearing, which means the maximum is five games. Now, a couple of things you have to keep in mind here. Um, the first thing the Department of Player Safety does is sort of rule what the infraction is and what the number for it is. And then there's no going downwards. There's only going upwards. There's no case where it's like, okay, that is a three-game suspension for that hit based on these uh, principles and these precedents. It doesn't go down because someone does not have a quote-unquote history. I'm going to get to that in a second. It can only go up based on the other criteria. And when you look at this hit with Gallagher and he doesn't have by the Department of Player Safety um, he doesn't have a big long you know uh, horrible rap sheet 
Okay, this isn't like, you know, Tom Wilson. This isn't like Matt Cook. This isn't like one of these players that's always, you know, in front of the DOPS. He just doesn't. But one thing that I think is always good to remind ourselves of, and I had to go back and refresh myself on this one as well. When you watch the videos, you know, there's a lot of conversation about the verbiage, certainly at the end when they describe who the player is and what the what the infraction is and what the multipliers may be. The first thing they do is they have a look at the incident and they don't take into account the name bar or the number. It's just the incident. Afterwards, all those things come into play. When you hear or whether you use the term, when you use the term repeat offender, Repeat offender has a very specific meaning in the CBA, and that is 18 months prior to the incident. So technically, I believe right now, and I know people are winding up the giggle machine for this one, technically right now, Tom Wilson is not a repeat offender. I don't believe. I think he's been clean the last 18 months. Now, you may look at that and say, hold on, hold on, hold on. How can you say he's not a repeat offender? Now, I'm not saying he doesn't have a history, and the Department of Player Safety would look at that and say, you know, there is a uh, there's a history, or maybe you could say a significant history. Like, you know the way that um, Duncan Keith loved stick fouls? <laughs> like, Duncan Keith, like, when he played, nobody loved a good stick foul quite like Duncan Keith. So that would be a significant history. Or sometimes you will hear... Uh, on the Department of Player Safety videos, the uh, the term no significant history, which means there was something that happened 10 years ago, uh, was a different infraction, yet that player finds themselves on the carpet in front of the DOPS again. Technically, there was a history, but it is not significant because it doesn't apply. It's a different type of infraction plus time. So these are all the things that I think we need to keep front of mind when we have a look at the Gallagher hit and start to play amateur George Peros um, and try to ascribe what the penalty is going to be. Like, I get it. Like, I felt the same way you did. I looked at that and said, that's double digits. Like, that's an awful, awful hit. Like, that's the way it feels. Um, but then you start to break down and have a look at history and break down precedent. And then you say to yourself, okay, based on the criteria that the Department of Player Safety has, it's not going to be a double-digit suspension. And because it's a phone hearing, it's not going to get past five games. And that's where Brendan Gallagher is at. We hope that Adam Pellick is okay. Uh, right away, you think of the person that just got clubbed, and that was Pellick, and you feel awful. Now, the Islanders scored two goals on the five-minute power play, made it a game, and then Sean Monahan said, uh-uh, this is going to have a happy ending for the Habs. It's not going to have a happy ending for Patrick Waugh. The game started with a happy start for Patrick Waugh, but the happy ending was for the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, on this issue, and an Owen Tippett signing in Philadelphia as well, we turn to Elliot Friedman from 32 Thoughts and Hockey Night in Canada. Fridge, how are you today? How are you on planks, Jeff? Last week it was pull-ups, and now I'm asking about planks. Yeah, okay. Okay, so I don't do, like, standard planks. I do dynamic planks. Oh, well, And I do them me. sort of in, 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 a, in a... What's a dynamic no, I, I, plank? No. <laughs> it's it's a it's a plank, but you sort of raise up your hips your hips and down. So I'll do that for, I don't know. I sort of do it in combination with with Russian twists and sit ups. So it, it's part it's part of like a three part ab series that I do. <laughs> Why are you planking right now? No, I finished. I just finished. No, so like you know, oh, like okay. you're you're like one of those people at the gym who like 
frowns at other people's workouts, right? Like that's just I don't no. just do a plank. No. I do a no. dynamic plank. No. <laughs> I knew as soon as it came out of my mouth, I'm just gonna oh, get yeah. roasted for this one. Yeah. Um, my uh, now, do you do planks with uh, with weights on your back, or do you just do standard planks? Oh my God, just standard planks. Okay, no, I I'm, right now, I'm, right right now, I'm, I'm just doing. You know what? Here I am feeling good about myself, I'm trying to get in good shape, and I'm learning like how worthless my workouts are. By talking about no, no standard planks me. right now. Although I, I do the regular okay. plank and then I do a one on each side. See, that's good. Those are great. Um, that's awesome. So listen, you got a great routine going. We've talked about this before. I've I've been in the gym with you before. I know that you're 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 serious about it and you're focused and you're as game seven about your workouts as you are your career. So I I get it. Um, how long do you do your planks? I don't want to spend too much time on this. I want to get to tip it, but how long do you do your planks normally? Right now, 30 seconds. I want to get up to 60. Okay, that's great. Now, do you do this, like, is this like a morning and then evening thing, or is this just for, um, is this just for, for your workouts in the morning? No, this was just, uh, this was just a workout I was at, but actually, I don't know if I told you this, I have a routine now, and I've gotten away from it. I have to get back to it. But when I wake up, I do okay. 10 push-ups, 10 lunges each side, 10 squats, and a 30-second plank. Uh, someone taught me if you really want to get your body going, that's the right way to do it. And I, I've lost yep. my discipline a bit. I have to get back to it. Uh-huh. So, so I was just um, uh, on Instagram this morning uh, reading about this. Have you seen this February 2000 push-up challenge? I know there's always challenges mm-hmm. for every month. Have you seen this one, the 2000 push-up one? No. You want to do it, no. you and me? All right, yeah, I do. What is it? You want to do Okay, I'm going to... I'm gonna, I'll, I don't know. I'll, I just so I, literally, I just saw the headline before I came on the air. I said, "Oh, that's interesting. I'll have a look at that one." But now that you bring it up, you want to do two thousand push-ups in February? You and me? Yeah, you got a deal. All right, man. Two thousand. We are gonna look good, Elliot. We can get those bikinis we were looking at in the mall. The red one with the polka dots. That's gonna be you and me. I can finally take my T-shirt off in public. <laughs> okay, let's get to. Um, Let's get to Owen Tippett. I want to get to Patrick Juan, Montreal, and everything last night. Do you want to do, do, you want to do the Gallagher and... first? Because I heard you talking about Gallagher. Do you want to do that first? want to do Tippett first? Well, the, the thing about Gallagher that I was just sort of sharpening the pencil on before you came on is this sort of discrepancy. And just, I mean, I always need a refresher on this as well. So after a significant hit like Gallagher's and finding out that it's a phone hearing, I always sort of, you know, check back at what like, okay, what does repeat offender mean? What does significant history mean? What does um, no relevant history mean for like, a lot of these hearings? And that's what I was going over before you came on. So this one is a, um, th- this one is a, a phone hearing. Uh, yep. So it wasn't offered in person. So this is maximum going to be five. Like, yeah. look, I think I'm like a lot of people. When I saw the hit, it felt double digits to me. Clearly, it's not going to be. Your thoughts mm-hmm. on this scenario with Brendan Gallagher? Well, sorry. I thought you were going to ask a longer question. I took a bite out of my apple. Um, <laughs> I, I can filibuster. No, no, I'm good. So this is, you know, I, I thought the same thing. I think, look... Every like like rarely do you see the internet united in anything, right? And I think that when we all saw that last night, and especially you know the fact that Pellet just came back from an injury, you know we thought that the hammer was coming, and it's not. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if it is five, but I think uh, people thought it was going to be more. Now, 
there's a couple things here. The one thing I just wanted to spell is I had someone text me this morning and say, do you think that George Peros is going easy because he played with Brendan Gallagher? And I said to that person, I said to that person, Cogliano. that's exactly what I brought up. Andrew Cogliano was en route to setting an NHL record streak, Iron Man, and it ended yep. because George yep. Perro suspended him. And not only were those guys teammates, but they were roommates. That basically ended their friendship. So I, I think you can Correct. throw out the idea that, as a matter of fact, that's one of the reasons I have uh, some real respect for Peros because, like, that hurt. And uh, he did it. And actually, to be honest, I didn't even think that was that play deserved the suspension. And he gave him, I think, two games and ended the streak. So two games. I, yep. I always remember that because it ended their friendship, basically. So I don't buy this whole they were yep. teammates kind of thing. Um, <laughs> the, one thing the one thing I think here, I, I did get an interesting call from someone, and I don't necessarily agree with it, but I, but I, I have a better understanding of what's kind of going on here. I think this year, three, like normally with appeals – players never appeal or the players association never appeals under six games because it only goes to Batman. If it's six games or more, it could go to Batman and then it goes to an independent arbitrator. Like Perron is appealing his suspension Mm -hmm. to an independent arbitrator and he won't get any games back obviously, but he could get some money back. There have been either two or three times this year. I don't remember the exact number where suspensions under six games got appealed, which almost never happens. So I've heard that one of the things that's going on here is that they are really they are preparing for any suspension to be appealed. So like one of the things I have no doubt they did with last night was they went through anything that looked like this and said, what's what, we know that if that we could get an appeal, what is the most recent suspension or what are the suspensions we can point to? that look anything like this. And it's probably McAvoy. And McAvoy appealed his too. Like mm. he appealed yep. he appealed his this year and didn't get it moved. So I, like that was the call I got. Like I said, I, I, I still don't like it, but it does sound to me like these appeals this year have brought a bit of a, I don't know if chill is the right word, but they've brought a, a new level of intrigue into all these hearings. Mm-hmm. We'll see what this one heads. Um, the Montreal Canadiens face off against the Pittsburgh Penguins tomorrow. So, I mean, I, I guess technically, I mean, normally we sort of expect a suspension before the next game, but there could be a hearing, you know, pending a suspension. It's going to be more than one game. So, uh, but yeah, I, they, I think they know they're not going to have Gallagher for Pittsburgh. Yeah, they're not going to have Gallagher for Pittsburgh. They know that. Yes. Listen, while we're on the topic, before we get to the Owen Sippet deal in Philadelphia and what an intriguing one this is for the Flyers, um, just your thoughts on Patrick Wannight. I mean, it started out, as I mentioned off the, off the top, you know, it started out great for Patrick, ended poorly for him, um, mm-hmm. was wonderful for Montreal and their tradition of wonderful ceremonies and classy and creative ceremonies. Listen, the fans are the fans. Like, when you, when you win the hearts of Montreal Canadiens fans, like, they are with you forever 
forever. You yeah. become one of the. Will you become one of one of the all times, one of the immortals? When we talk about ghosts of the forum, you know, you put them next to you know Rocket Richard and Jean Beliveau and Jacques Plante, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Just your thoughts on the whole the whole night in Montreal yesterday. Well, they hit it out of the park. What the Canadians did with the, the anthem and the shots yep. of law, and it was, uh, and the crowd was fantastic. And um, you know, I think, uh, <laughs> like I said to you on the pod today, the thing that really hit me was, you know, we all know that was a really emotional guy, but you don't, um, you don't link sentimentality to him. You link fire. You, li- you link yep. passion. You link, I'll do anything to win. You link those eyes, the fierce eyes, right? Like seeing him at the end of that anthem when he was kind of swallowing and trying to compose himself, that was a real revelation yep. for me. And uh, you know what it shows? It just shows like um, like Patrick Wall wanted this second chance to coach so badly, so badly. And yep. now he's got it. And you know he's in tough there. They're they're they've got some real challenges there. Um, that was a tough tough loss for them last night, but. Um, mm-hmm. I, it just was another reminder to me of how much this opportunity means to him. And uh, look, it was, uh, it, it, you know, it, 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 you know, it was it was a really good night to watch. And then, of course, the Canadians ruined it by coming out of the game and going up three nothing almost immediately. <laughs> but you know, what can you do when you drop the puck? There's yeah. no sentimentality. You know, you know, one of the things that I came back with um, from that game as well and, and thinking about it last night before I went to bed and, and waking up with it this morning and saying, I'm going to run this by Friedman and see what he thinks. I wonder how many, and there are numerous, and listen, Vincent LeCavalier is one of them, how many French-Canadian hockey players would have looked at last night and said to themselves that during their career, even though they were hesitant to go to Montreal and maybe refused to waive a no trade or tried to do anything to, to get away from Montreal and the scrutiny and the pressure. Like, as I mentioned, when you're a legend in Montreal, when you do what Patrick Waugh did in Montreal and all the legends uh, before him, like, you are a Montreal hockey god forever. And Habs fans, as you know, Elliot, never, ever forget. One of the things that I wondered about was how many French-Canadian hockey players who are now retired, or maybe even currently in the game, would look at that and say, wow, wouldn't it be amazing to have that in my life? You know, I, I, I think this. I think that, well, first of all, you're right. But, you know, if I was good enough to play uh, in the NHL, which we all know I'm not, I would want that. Um yeah. You know, there's a re- there's a reason I love working where I work, um, and it's because uh, it matters, right? Like it's you know if if you're yeah. good or you're bad, you know people know and people are passionate about it. If I'm good at something, people tell you good job. If you're bad at something, people tell you you stink. And um, I don't mind it. I uh, I mean, sure. I think there's always times you can get frustrated or it can overwhelm you. And, um, yes, the taxation and the weather, the tax situation and the weather can be a little uh, grindy sometimes. But, you know, I I think the one thing I've always seen, like I remember with Matt Sundin too, like when you're in the middle of it, you don't recognize how much people really appreciate the effort you put in. Like if you put in the effort, um, people will remember. And sometimes it doesn't feel that way during it. And I think we all lose perspective about that. But, when it's over and you're done, people people remember like 
that guy worked hard for us. That guy played hard for us. And in Wa's case, even though he left in unbelievably crazy circumstances, um, you know, I think people understood he never really wanted to leave. So, um, you know, yeah. I, I think that, uh, you know, so I'm not surprised. I, uh, I'm not surprised. And, uh, like, I think, I think people who put in a good effort, play, like, we don't always succeed. We make mistakes. We're not perfect. But a lot of people give great efforts. And I, I always remember my father saying to me when I was younger, I, we, uh, my, at my, at my, my public school, uh, grade school, private school, grade school, we had like effort and achievement. And I would always look at the achievement first on, our, on my report card. And he would look at the effort first and he would say, I can live with a little bit less achievement. And Jeff, there were some cases I had a little bit less achievement, but I cannot live with a terrible <laughs> effort. And I always remembered yeah. that. Like, uh, and I, I tend to judge people the same way. You give me the effort, I can live with a little bit less achievement. You're right. You, uh, you either suffer the pain of discipline or you suffer the pain of regret. Take your choice. Take your choice. Um, okay, Philadelphia Flyers. Owen Tippett, eight-year contract, uh, as you reported, $4.96 million. It is the extension for someone who really has distinguished himself and becomes, you know, speaking of fan favorites, he's become one in Philadelphia. Your thoughts on this deal? You know, I, I think it's, it reminds you sometimes that it's so hard to judge things in the moment. You know, when they made that deal last year, there was a deal on the table that Philadelphia preferred with Colorado. I think they they mm-hmm. liked their deal with Colorado better. And Claude Giroux said, no, as is his right, he had, uh, he had it in his contract, and that's his right. He said, no, I yep. want to go to Florida. And I, I have always heard that the Flyers liked the, uh, the, the Colorado deal better at the time. But, you know, so Bill Zito in, in Florida, he knows he's got the Flyers trapped a bit, and he can play hardball. And... I remember when that deal got dealt, there were people like, ah, this is, we're not going to get anything out of this. And, and now look at, look at how a year later, Owen Tippett has changed everybody's mind. And I think the other thing that um, it, it shows is that, like, you know who this is also a big win for is Tortorella. Because big time. You know, people always think, like, oh, young guy, no chance, offensive player. And, like, the kid's thriving there. And uh, um, so, like, it's a win for a lot of people. It's a win for Tippett, first and foremost, because he did the work and he gets the contract and he's shown that he's a real dependable player. And it's a win for the Flyers because they took a guy who was a little raw and they were unsure of in Florida and they've turned him into a player. And I know in some ways it's probably a win for Chuck Fletcher, too, because this deal looks a lot differently a year ago than it did, uh, or uh, a year later than it did a year ago. <laughs> I mean, you remember when the deal was made, one of the first things that I think we all said was, you're giving up Claude Giroux, and with all due respect, Owen Tippett, that's all you got? Yeah, and that I think Owen Tippett Owen showed Tippett. everybody. 
No, I know it doesn't. But at that time, like, you remember Owen Tippett? It was, you know, NHL, AHL, and a toilet seat of the stag and doe, up and down, up and down, up and down. Like, oh who was Owen Tippett going to be? Like, there was no guarantees. Like, there were no guarantees that Owen Tippett was going to be a legitimate, you know, consistent performer in the NHL. It was it was, it was, was a, a, a long way away from being a lock. But he found a spot. He found a home. He found a relationship with John Tortorella, and it's been great. Like I'm with you. Like I think this is a, I think this is a really good one for Chuck Fletcher. I know Daniel Briere is a GM now. He's the one that signed the deal. But I look at this one too as a win for Chuck Fletcher. I'm with you 100 percent on that one. Yeah, I agree. But the biggest winner is Tippo because, you know, he's, like you said, there was a feeling about him last year, and there's a much different feeling about him now, and he deserves the most play for that because he's the one that has to do the work. Yep. He would, I mean, this is a guy that would shoot pucks until his hands bled. Like the stories of Owen Tippett uh, around Peterborough of him just, you know, his shot is is elite. And that just comes from bucket after bucket after bucket. And it's bloody and sore hands, just firing pucks uh, as a kid. That guy's that guy's earned it. I'm, I'm really happy for Owen Tippett. Um, elsewhere around the NHL, Elliot, the number is 15 now for the Edmonton Oilers. And it's a pair yeah. of goals by Connor McDavid. And it's a real good performance, uh, again, by an Edmonton netminder, not named Stuart Skinner, by the way. This was a Pickard win, the Pickard shutout uh, for the Oilers yesterday, uh, making everybody a believer that that Pittsburgh Penguins record may just tumble three games from now. Uh, So so who do they got tomorrow night? Is tomorrow night Columbus? On hockey night? Tomorrow, I will t- tell you right now, the Edmonton Oilers are facing off against... I probably should know what Columbus. No, Columbus is Vancouver. No, Columbus is Vancouver tomorrow. I got to remember my schedule. Columbus is Vancouver tomorrow. All right. Don't worry about it. Is that Chicago? Yeah, okay. No, Chicago is yesterday. I can't remember. All right. I probably this is probably Hang on, very let me give it to you. Nashville. Me. I should know this. Okay. Nashville. Yeah. Oh right. They're Nashville. on in the afternoon. Na- That's four Nash- o'clock Eastern. Yes. 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 Well, I'll tell Nashville, you. Nashville then like, Ve- Nashville, then a break, and then Vegas and Anaheim. Anaheim they can break it. Well, I mean, if they're gonna do it, they're gonna earn it. Nashville's not easy and Vegas is really not easy. <laughs> um, you know, I know there's this big debate about they haven't played anybody good. Like, all you can do is beat the teams on your schedule, right? Like, if, if they were losing yeah. these teams, people would be trashing them, saying the Oilers are junk. They can't get a winning record in in this group <laughs> of opponents. So, you're damned if you do and damned if you don't. But, um, look, they're winning games. You know, they look, I, I have to tell you, they, they look a lot different. They look a lot more airtight. Um, they're, they're playing much better defensive game. Um, you know, Pickard... Pickard has been a real revel. Like, again, it's like the goal. We should call this season, 2023-24, the goalie crapshoot season. Like, we have no idea what we're going to see from a lot of these guys. Like, the Samsonov story is unbelievable. Um, you know, Pickard, when he, when they, when he came up, um, you know, like, everyone was like, oh, they got to find another goalie. And, like, who are they going to find who's been... I mean, you can find guys with better resumes and things like that, of course, but you can't do any more for them what he's done for them. They've had, he's like a spot starter in Major League Baseball. He's had, has he had like one or two really bad performances? That's it. Um, even that, I mean, 
Uh, like the Oilers, it's gonna. I think they're gonna be really fascinating to see what they're going to go out and do. And I still think they're looking out there on defense. That's the one thing I think they're really looking at. I don't know how high up their roster, mm-hmm. but I still do think they're looking at defensemen. I wonder about Sean Walker there. I know Walker's been a name that's been you know out there and, and here and there and all over the place. I, I do wonder about that name uh, with the Edmonton Oilers. We'll see if they get there, and who knows? Like <laughs> we always joke about it. Like you know, can the Flyers actually be buyers <laughs> come trade deadline? I know Daniel Bier was on the show you know a couple of weeks ago saying like, no, we're we're not buying, we're not buying. But you know, Philadelphia Flyers kind of putting themselves in a position here, Elliot. I gotta tell you, it would not surprise me. I know. A lot of the talk has been on. I, I think they, they've talked to Sealer. They'd like to get him done. I yep. know there's been a lot of talk about Walker, but I'll tell you, you know who wouldn't surprise me that they try to lock up? Travis Konechny. Oh, going away. How, first of all, how many times have we have we wondered, okay, is this now when they're going to move Konechny? So many teams. You mean you know this better than I. So many teams have come knocking on the Flyers' door trying to pry Travis Konechny away from them. And I believe they've been close, Elliot, a couple of times, but at the end always resisted. And I'm with you. If you have a chance at locking up Travis Konechny, I think you do it. If you're the Philadelphia Flyers, going away. Yeah, I can't uh, I can't argue with you that on that one. I'd like to okay, argue a, with you a, a couple lot of things, of things here, but I'm not going to argue with you on that one. <laughs> We'll argue about planks and dynamic planks and all the exciting things in life. Um, one more thing, really quick here. Uh, this, this is this is this is tough to to to, to hear about. Uh, Philip Heedel, who's on his way back uh, from injury, he's been gone for a couple of months. Skating with the Rangers this morning uh, goes down. I believe it was during a battle drill. Um, Rangers are facing yeah. off against Vegas tonight. I mean, he's such a, a huge piece of this Rangers team. Yeah, you cross your fingers and hope that he's okay. Um, you know, you never want to say, well, what if they are without Filipino now for the the entire season? They've kind of had life without Filipino now. Benino gets waived. Jake Lestishin gets gets called up. How do you see the Rangers right now? Because, you know, they're facing off against Vegas tonight, and things haven't exactly gone swimmingly lately for New York. Well, first of all, you know, I, I, I don't want to tweet it. I didn't want to tweet about Heedle until I had a better idea of what happened. Um, this is not to be critical of anyone else because – uh, I, I'm no better than anyone else, but sometimes in situations like that, I prefer to wait and see, get a better idea of what's going on before, um, you know, putting it online. Um, but um, first, you're right. I, I wish for the best for him. The young man's been through a lot. He, he clearly has really had some battles lately with concussions, and I just want the best for him. So I hope he's okay. Uh, I do think the Rangers yeah. were looking for a center anyway maybe um, more of a depth center uh, as opposed to uh, anything else. But, uh, you know, again, first and foremost, you're concerned about him. Secondly, I think it's, you know, like I do think it's a position they're kind of looking about, looking around, and uh, I wouldn't expect that to change. We wish Heedle the best, um, as we wish you the best uh, at the end of your week here. I'm very much looking forward to another edition of Hockey Night in Canada and Saturday Headlines. All right. Thanks, Fridge. We'll, uh, we'll talk to you when we record our next podcast on Sunday. You be good. All right. Have a good weekend, Jeff.